Travis leg, and I'm going to shut my mouth for the uh, for the hosts. All right. <laughs> They're trying real hard to do the theme song right now, since I'm sure nobody <laughs> knows happening. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember our theme tune. I mean, we only put edit it into every episode. Uh, welcome to, to it when I edit it in. <laughs> Just just cut at a yeah. random point every single time. No, yeah. I know where to cut it now. Uh, yeah, well, welcome to the Onyx Pathcast uh, of a sort. If you're watching this live, you're watching it on Twitch, and you're watching it with visual as well as audio, and people who are listening to this post-date won't have seen my oh, exclamation there with my hands and eyes. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Matthew Dawkins, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Dixie Cochran, who is drinking Eddie Webb. She's drinking Eddie Webb? Well, th this is the thing. Usually, so many questions usually, right now. I, usually I wouldn't have known that, and I would have gone to... I was ready to say hello. Been a pause. I would have been able to edit out. Okay, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Dixie Cochran. Hello. And Eddie Webb. Hello. And we're also joined by a guest who already introduced the stream, Mr. Travis Legg. Hello. We'll get on to you in a minute, Travis. And we'll so, sit here quietly and patiently. Yeah, you don't have to be patient. You can keep <laughs> interrupting. That's the way we do things anyway. Yeah, right, exactly. This, uh, yeah, this episode is a rather special one because, as already mentioned, we are streaming live on Twitch at the same time as we're recording it. We'll be putting the audio up on Podbean, as we usually do, and it will therefore become accessible to those audio-only listeners out there, which is absolutely fine. Now, I don't think we're going to be doing anything terribly spectacular just because we've got the use of cameras, but you will get to see finger guns. You will get to see oh, extreme close-ups with Eddie Webb. And uh, eyebrow raises from me, I guess. Inquisitive eyebrow raises. There you go. And so well, we research things on our phone in real time now. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on, they mentioned a thing I've never heard of. <laughs> yeah, if y'all just see me go head down, it's because they said something I don't know about. So we don't have too much of a topic for this episode of the Pathcast, other than the fact Travis is with us, and Travis has been doing some fantastic work for us with the Twitch channel over the last week, and will be going on to do so. No pressure, Travis. None uh, whatsoever. To... No, no. And uh, so we're going to be interviewing Travis as part of this episode. We're also going to be talking about what we've been finding with our Twitch, uh, I guess, what would it be? Our journey, uh, the the start of our Twitch journey. Our path. Our path? Our Twitch path? I suppose, yeah, that, that, yeah, I guess that's a bit predictable, though, isn't it? Oh, right. How, how mm. dare I? <laughs> we have only just passed through the Onyx Gate. We have yet to really reach the Onyx Path. And then the Onyx Highway. Uh, the Onyx well, Off-Ramp. Yeah, the Onyx yeah, the Onyx Turnpike. I've been, I've been stuck on the Onyx Roundabout for the past. <laughs> <laughs> I just say... I can't get off. Just go in circles. Look, oh, kids, no. V5, oh, no. exalted. <laughs> Look, kids, V5, exalted. <laughs> uh, where was I? Yeah, so yeah, we'll be talking about all kinds of random bullshit like we normally do. <laughs> there you go. It's the, as usual, utterly professional top tier podcast that you have become used to in listening to us and this, if this is your first introduction well of course would an introduction be anything other than first to the onyx path cast then 
you may not be familiar with the fact that Dixie, Eddie, and myself host a weekly show uh, called the Onyx Pathcast, where we talk all about games, uh, game developers, processes that go into the process of games, the industry, uh, systems. We do deep dives into various settings and so on. The Onyx Path handle, and we often veer widely off of topic and talk about video games. We talk about what is fun. We've mentioned that many, many times, as well as good experiences, bad experiences, all kinds of things related to gaming. So if this is your your introduction to the Onyx Pathcast, welcome. We're very pleased to meet you, and do not be phased by the fact that most of the time we're an audio-only venture. Uh, I'm sure you will find that fun and interesting too. Just uh, out of interest, co-hosts, because really, we don't really speak about it often. Uh, how have you been finding the, the, the Onyx Pathcast journey all the way up to episode 60, whatever this is? I was really hoping you were just going to ask how have you been finding it, so I could be like, Podbean or any podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, um, don't worry, we can seamlessly edit this, Dixie. How have you been live. finding it? No, we're live. Um, I really enjoyed it. Like, it's one of those things where I, I've, I've been an avid podcast listener for probably five or six years now. I just got into them and started, like, finding other podcasts based on ones I had listened to you because I, I found the guests interesting and whatever. Um, and so when Eddie, last year or whatever it was, was it two years ago almost? A year and a half ago? Five I don't remember when it was. Yeah. Um, but like Eddie Snout, like a, hey, maybe we could do this thing. And I was like, yep, 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 let's do it. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, 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 it's been super fun. I love talking to everybody. I do love talking to um, developers and writers that I might not know all that well. I think that's super cool just to kind of like get their stories. And even just finding out like, you know, finding out stories from Rich that I didn't know because I wasn't there in the White Wolf days. Or finding out stories from Matt McElroy or you know, Eddie and you, like talking to y'all. I feel like I've gotten to know my coworkers a lot better just because if we tell a lot of personal stories and talk about personal things on the podcast, and that's super helpful. I keep saying super. I don't say super that often on the regular podcast. I think I'm weird. Super duper. Because well, it's the video. It's, it's now super video. It's the video and all the aberrant that you've been playing on this channel. Right, there you go. Yeah, right? Eddie, do you have any, I mean, do you have any thoughts? I think it's great. I love this podcast. Well, I mean, I mean, obviously, uh, I was predisposed to it. Um, Eddie hates like, it. Like, he this is, it. is my idea. So, I mean, obviously, I hated it from the start. <laughs> um, but also, uh, for those who don't know, uh, way back around the ancient days of 2008, um, I did another podcast called The White Wolf Blogcast, um, which was just me sitting in my office rambling for 15 minutes at a time. Um, so, I've always kind of wanted to come back to that space. And genuinely, I found having uh, uh, multiple people on, both as co hosts and also at the other guests coming on just adds a lot of depth and texture to it. I learned, like I said, I learned so much about y'all, but also um, even though I've been in the industry longer than both of you, it doesn't change the fact that I'm still learning constantly from, from both of you and from our guests about cool things I hadn't thought about before, um, new ways of perceiving things and just trying to be a, a better writer and even a better person. So um, yeah, this this episode sucks. And I, I think this the whole podcast thing is going to end wait, very right wait. We can't gloss over the fact that I think Eddie just admitted on live camera that we've made him a better person. <laughs> yeah, you know, how, how can you really improve on perfection? <laughs> is what I ask myself when oh, I think... Because uh, you're what, talking about me. <laughs> yeah, what, what has this podcast done for me? And, you know, I have so very little... Uh, <laughs> I, I figured out I figured out the flicker on Dixie's screen. It's interference from Matthew's ego messing with the signal. <laughs> 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 
called me out and said it's because I was a little somber, and I was like, <laughs> "Don't talk about that." Oh, that V five clan bane. Uh, no, I've I found this uh, the Pathcast experience great fun, and I'm always saying it as if this is our denouement, but it's not. At least not so far as I know. Uh, but no, I, I I love being able to record these, being able to talk about the game. There's a certain amount of catharsis as well to being able to talk about our industry and our work within it. Uh, as my co-hosts have quite rightly pointed out, we learn a lot from speaking to our guests and talking to each other. But being able to speak pretty freely about our experiences whether it's developing books, editing books, writing books, playtesting, interacting with fans or whatever is is useful. And I think it's something that a lot of fans find beneficial to listen in on, uh, partly because it allows them to get to know us, get to know the, the minds behind certain games. But it also it, it, it helps them understand the process that goes into these products they love. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and, uh, I, one I... thing I don't think we talk a lot about is the fact that Rich gives us an extremely free hand with this. Oh yeah, Rich doesn't know what the episodes are about until we tell him like the week they're coming out. <laughs> and, and, and it would be very easy for him to say he wanted to vet uh, topics with him, to guests with him. He could very and frankly, we'd be happy to do that if he did. But he never has. Yeah. He trusted us to just do it. Um, a couple times he's emailed us or me efforts. Hey, by the way, here's some information. Maybe you should correct but, or whatever. Um, but it, you know, so it allows us to really – when you're hearing the podcast, it's, it's not some sanitized corporate product. It, it's, it's just the three of us talking about things that we find interesting and valuable. So. Yeah, we, we have a spreadsheet of, like, possible topics, and then we occasionally add to it, and then possible guests. Because, you know, we've, we've gone through a lot of our kind of primary developers that we work with a lot. Mm -hmm. So we're at a point where it's like, should we get this writer on? Should we get this layout person on? Should we, you know, talk to this person? Should we talk to somebody again? Because there are people like Megan Fitzgerald, for instance, who is, I think, our first guest, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. You're first. Yeah. And I, I, I'm pretty sure we decided she was our first guest. So, yeah. I'll look so, it up like, while you're talking. Okay, fine. <laughs> but, um, but, like, she's developed so much for us and has done so much even since then that having her back on might be something that we should do. Because it's like... You know, you don't want to repeat guests in the first 40, 50 episodes, but I think we're at a point where we could repeat guests because she's done a lot of work since we last talked to her. I have yeah. an update on, on Megan Fitzgerald. Um, you're, you're correct. She was literally episode two. That's what I thought, yeah. yeah. We needed a dee 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 for the... <laughs> Strolling the bottom, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not that, Travis. Make sure I'm ready next time. All of this self-congratulatory bullshit out the way we... As, <laughs> Uh, we do have a guest here who occasionally raises his voice, and uh, his name is Travis Legg. Um, uh, by way of introduction to our guest, I've not worked with Travis for terribly long, but what little I know of him is he is a creature born of massive enthusiasm for his, <laughs> for his art. Uh, he is a fantastic writer, developer, and Twitch host. And this is just in the short time in which I've known him, and I'm not doing this to make him get all embarrassed. I'm conveying to you, the viewers and listeners, that sometimes you work with someone and they leave a massive impact on you straight away. And I've been nothing but impressed, so it's my delight to be able to have Travis on our Twitch channel with such regularity in our launch week 
but also here on the Pathcast. So, Travis, welcome to the Onyx Pathcast. Thank you. That's uh, the, all that stuff is that you just said is super sweet. I I really appreciate it. I'm glad that the viewers can watch me blush while you talk. That's don't worry, it'll go downhill from here. It's fine. It's very yeah. kind. So Shut now up, let's Alexa. talk about your flaws. <laughs> just five your plan, Travis. No respect. <laughs> no respect. Now that we've I'm gotten so- that out of the way. <laughs> Let's talk I'm about sorry. how you could improve. I'm sorry. Is that you were this saying? Is, this is actually a, uh, a what's it called? A, a, a performance review? An incident <laughs> learning process if we were playing yeah. Orpheus. There we go. There we go. <laughs> you know, it's, well, we don't often do interviews where there's all, th- well, all three hosts and an interviewee. And now that I'm looking at it from a camera, well, from a visual perspective, it is a bit X Factor judges panel like, isn't it? Because there, there are Hello. three of us, only one guest. I imagine it could be quite intimidating for someone. I wish I had some paper so I could pull the same joke that Ashley was pulling on the aberrant stream. With and the numbers? Yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I had any sense, I would be intimidated. Fortunately, I had my sense surgically removed. So. I don't have any paper near me. How do I not have paper near me? I make books for a living. <laughs> so, so, Travis, uh, let, let's first of all talk about what we often talk about, first of all, with our guests, and that is how you first got into role-playing. Oh, man, that's a story. Uh, so... I grew up, I was born in a little town called Mauston, Wisconsin, uh, which is about 45 miles north of Wisconsin Dells, home of, um, you know, the world's largest water parks and largest water slides. And growing up as a child who was afraid of water, I didn't spend much time doing that. Um, I was kind of a nerdy kid. Uh, my brother uh, was also a nerdy kid, and one of his best friends who lived right across the railroad tracks from us, uh, used to go down to Lake Geneva for this thing called Gen Con all the time. And he would come back with like handwritten character sheets that he had played at tables with, you know, folks like Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson and these, these types of, of people and come back with stories about how awesome this was. So, um, we didn't have anybody to run the games. So my mom went and bought us the red box and was my first DM. I was probably five. Um, yeah, and I was really, at that point, it was just like my brother's doing something, so I want to be involved, you know. I didn't really get my head around it till a little bit later. Right. But, yeah, I was, I was similarly seven when I first played, and it was because my mom's friend that lived with us for a while played. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, exactly. um, but, 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 yeah, so it was the same thing where, like, I didn't, like, I played a spellcaster because I read books and I thought wizards were cool. Right. But I didn't understand the spellcasting system like I was seven. Right. But you're was... all right. Spellcasters are the coolest class in every game. It's, it's a fair assessment. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I played that. And then um, my relationship with role-playing games got weird as my uh, life in general got weird. My parents split when I was, like, 11. And I picked up i remember i had gotten out of rpgs my brother and i weren't getting along too well and then i saw i was way into eastman laird's ninja turtles uh mm. comics and i picked up the teenage mutant ninja turtles another strangeness book yeah and i remember distinctly uh one of the factors that led to me eventually moving to rockford illinois with my dad instead of living with my mom was I brought that book into the house and my mom's new boyfriend who was super Catholic was like, that is the devil's plaything. 
I'm like, it's fucking Ninja Turtles. Like, what? <laughs> you were like, like, now I think it's even cooler. Right. Like, what? what what's demonic about a, a turtle that likes pizza? Um, so, yeah, that was one of the one of the many factors that led to me eventually moving in with my father. Um, and when I got down here, everybody was like, I moved here in January of 93, I think. And I distinctly remember the first friend I made when I lived here, this kid named Dan McDorman. Uh, we made friends because he was sitting in the McDonald's right next to my school with his feet propped up reading a copy of Vampire. And I was like, ooh, what's that? He's like, it's a role-playing game. I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's it's a role-playing game, but we get to be vampires? And, yeah, and the rest is history. Um yeah, so I've like been, I'll show you demonic. Right, exactly. So I started playing uh, and played a lot. We didn't. I didn't really attend school so much as I stopped there. I had coffee in the morning, went to choir class, and then left for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to high school for three years. I amassed four credits during that time. One of them was an excused PE credit from a skateboarding accident. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I had kids super young, because uh, when you're not in school, you're off doing things that lead to children often. And uh, so, like when my when my daughter was born, um, she would be a week with me and a week with her mom. Right. So on the weeks that she was with me, I would be at home, you know, parenting. And the weeks she was with her mom, I would spend every night at Denny's with my college, my friends who were all in college, uh, running role playing games. And that was. I was like that for about four years, where it was literally like seven days out of 14, I was running a game. So it really became just kind of a central uh, focus in my life and remains so ever since. How did you migrate from that, from the playing and running of games? And it sounds like it formed a pretty large part of your life. Yeah. Uh, from that to creating them, uh, public, getting them published. So the open game license came out for uh, third edition D&D and a bunch of us had always talked about like this would be cool to do right like making a game of our own would be cool to do um, but none of us felt like we had the intellect to design a system so that was kind of always our, our stumbling block like you know, we can come up with worlds all day long but making the math work we, we none of us thought we could do it uh turns out it's not nearly as hard as we thought it was but you know at the time we were like mystified by this process so when the open game license dropped and we we're like oh the system's there and it works we can just bolt on what we want to with it um so that's how uh, we took this the world that eventually wound up becoming uh the contagion rpg that i did in 2004 first edition came out um that's how that came together. We just took this kind of urban fantasy world that we had all, uh, me, uh, I had two partners at the time, uh, Darius McCaskey and Toy Caesar, and we built this world kind of out of nothing, uh, slapped it into the OGL system, which looking back on probably wasn't the best system for that world to be inhabiting. Um, But we made it work and started publishing, and it kind of remained at the hobby level for quite some time. Um, eventually 
Toy and Darius got out of it completely, I kept doing occasional releases for it. But as the kids got older, I went back to school, got my diploma, went to college, started studying uh, through a, a arcane series of events, wound up in the in the media production program, um, and then started making movies. So there's a period for about seven years of while I was making movies that I wasn't um, doing any role-playing game work. And then I dipped my toe back into it um, kind of at the end of my indie film career because I got tired of having my heart ripped out every 18 months. You can set your calendar by it. Um, every time I finished a film, something horrible would happen in relation to that film. Um, so I just I, I started shifting my focus over there, and the DMs Guild started right about that time. And I was very fortunate in that I was an early adopter of it and that the work I did was well-received. Um, but the thing that really sort of propelled me to the point where I was able to really knuckle down and do this full-time was that uh, I had a, a collaboration with M.T. Black, who's probably, if not the best seller, seller on the DMs Guild, one of the best sellers in the DMs Guild. And he brought me on to work on uh, Xanathar's Extraordinary Vault. And that that sold enough that I was able to create a pad to cope with, like, shutting off other client work and just focusing on role-playing game stuff. And then I wound up uh, over here. I think through... Because I've known um, Matt McElroy peripherally for a long time. Mm -hmm. through Because we published through... Um, we were... I think, like, the 80th person to sign up, the 80th company to sign up at uh, RPG Now, something like that. Wow. Like we, we were super early adopters of PDF, uh, partially because it was a way to make games that didn't cost us any money. Mm -hmm. like, like, my business partner at the time, Darius, thought, this is going to be the future. And I was like, this is cheap. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> and you're right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I had known Matt through that. And we met at a couple cons and whatnot, but um, once I started doing, I think, more of the uh, <clears throat> DMs Guild stuff, uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he recommended me to Eddie to do the, was it, I don't remember if it was Pugmire stuff first that I did, or if it was the Scarredlands GM screen that I did first. I did one of those two. No, it, it was uh, uh, Pugmire first um, because Slorician Vault was still kind of in the process getting off the ground, but Canis Miner had already launched. Um, right. He's like, there's this guy doing great stuff in DMs Guild. You should check him out. That's okay, cool. And then uh, we brought you on as one of the early people for, for Canis Miner um, and then kind of just snowballed from there. Right. Wait, so it's been, it's been an awesome, um, uh, an awesome kind of uh, upswing. Um, <laughs> in in uh, ramping up doing this full time, uh, it's I've been fortunate. I had some stuff that had occurred in my um, personal life that led me to using work as a coping mechanism. Kind of, um, there were some events that were going on uh, that um, there was nothing I could do about. I had done everything I could do. I had some family trauma that we went through. There was nothing I could do except exist in it. Um, and so rather my 
uh, one of my sort of coping mechanisms, as healthy as it may be, is just to bury myself in work. If there's nothing That's else I can do. That's super yeah. healthy. So <laughs> never backfires. Right. Not, not once. No, but I mean, I, but on, on the bright side, though, I mean, I, I, I coupled that with doing the things that one needs to do. So, um, right. you know, going to therapy. Uh, using the tools that I learned in therapy to cope with the stresses in my life. Um, but whenever there was a space that wasn't that, uh, the thing that I found most uh, fulfilling was work. So not that I'm 100% well adjusted by any stretch, but um, I was also taking care. I was also doing maintenance. You, know, you can drive your car a lot as long as you make sure you change your oil frequently. Right. And that was something I know I've advocated lots of times is the idea, especially when you're self-employed, um, is that if you don't take care of yourself, you, you stop producing. And if you stop producing, then, you know, if you're self-employed, your company stops working. Right. Um, so, so definitely it seems like you should always be picking up as much work as possible. The reality is like you're saying, is that you need to take care of other stuff, make sure that, you know, your personal life is in order, or at least, it's, you know, reasonably so. Right. Um, and, and being aware that if things are getting in the way of you doing your work, or if you're working in a way of things you do in your personal life, either of those cases, you got to shift things around if you ever can. Oh, yeah. I think all of us have probably fallen into that trap of when oh, yeah. there's something else, something else is suffering. The the only thing we can do to take our minds off of it and to uh, feel like we're still being productive and useful is to work and work and work until we burn ourselves out and, and, and start disliking. I know I've, I've certainly been there uh, sometimes recently. Mm -hmm. so it's um yeah definitely a relatable story well and we have the added benefit of working in a in a industry that deals in in fantasies and power fantasies and in, in in dealing with the idea that good can triumph over evil and that the world makes some modicum of sense you know <laughs> <laughs> or, or vice versa you know also make games where we can be the jerks who want to be and just lash out and, and right. rip things down because we're so frustrated too. I mean, that's the other side of it. I mean, but both of those are attractive in very different ways. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, recently, of course, you've been running, well, you've been running our Twitch channel. Yes. And so before that, you were running an actual play on your own channel. Yes. And as the t the two people here with the most experience of that are yourself and Dixie. Dixie's, of course, been playing in your game. And I wondered if, um, Dixie, you're the person who's been getting the hands-on experience of this. Uh, what have your thoughts been? Let, let's let's send, uh, let's critique Travis. What are your thoughts on <laughs> Travis's GMing style? What does he bring to the table? And and how have you been finding the um, the Twitch role? I'm gonna critique Travis. Do it. Um, That's yeah, why no. people are here. We don't we don't we don't improve without critique, Dixie. Well, the the, the first thing I played with you was the uh, Pirates of Pugmire actual That's play, the yeah, one shot. Um, which was really fun, um, partially just because I got to play. There's like a one of the pieces of art that was on the Kickstarter and everything is this just amazing Sphinx cat. And I was like, I have to play this cat. I just have to be this cat. This cat is important to me now. Um, <laughs> so that was really fun. It was a one shot. So like the one thing about one shots and stuff is that you don't really get to know the other players as well if you don't already know them. Right. And that's something that's always that's I think that's the hardest part for me, even with like doing the Aberrant live stream is I do have a little bit of anxiety. I think most people do, especially in nerdy circles. And um, 
having to like perform for people that you don't know can be scary. And I think sometimes my anxiety means that I end up saying something like inadvertently not as nice as I'd like it to be because I'm just kind of like, oh, what do I do? You know? Sure. Um, and I get very like nervous. So that's, that's the one thing I would say is maybe, I don't know, like if we're going to do like a two or three shot game again, I'd love time to meet people beforehand. Yes. Chat with them in person without this Twitch thing happening. I agree. It's not like, oh, I'm getting to know you right now, but you don't know my sense of humor. You don't know my personality. I don't know yours. So like, right. you know, you can take people wrong. Right. Um, so that's, that's the one thing I think I would change in the future is like have like even even if you're going to do character creation live or a session zero live have like a good half hour to an hour beforehand to like hang out and talk no, that's like, good that's are, a here's good who point. i am that's a good point because you are you are sort of uh these games do require us to um be able to interact on a meaningful level with with people and like it's part of the reason i always get super uh nervous going to con games because yeah, you have yeah. no uh no lead in with these people you know what i mean you're sitting down right. at a table full of strangers and, and you... one of them might be horrible like that's right that's the thing too. It's, 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 it's like the old adage about like if you have a bad experience at a restaurant you're going to tell 10 people and if you have a good experience you might tell three right like half the stories you see about con games are horror stories yeah. because that's yeah. when people feel compelled to share the stories so like yeah, just getting to like sit down with people and be like, okay, we're all nice. We're all decent people. Here's my sense of, oh, oh God, oh God, my Google Home started listening to me. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're being but, taken over by machines. But um. yeah, so it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, I, I've, I've seen Connery play before, but I still don't know him as a person. Right. I just like know him as a player. Um, and I had never met Ashley or uh, Cassandra or James. So it's like, right. <laughs> but past that, it's, it's been a blast. Like, I think your, your style is very laid back. It's very fun. You definitely always have a story like ready to go, but you're also really good at like, if we do something besides your story, then you're fine with that. Um, I like the way you play NPCs too. Like I'm, I, I, I will love Barkley forever in our pilot team. <laughs> like we loved him so much. We named our boat after him. <laughs> well, thank <laughs> you. I mean... bet and he was this adorable little puppy and I loved him. Uh, so so yeah so i've i've had a good time with all your npcs especially you you tend to play these kind of like i don't know kind of like sad sack but earnest characters <laughs> so like barkley <laughs> and then lightning bug <laughs> we're both amazing like this terrible superhero that can't fly like flies at the half speed he walks at but still flies because he thinks it looks cooler <laughs> 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 I'm, that I'm was a, amazing. I'm a huge fan of of, of the idea of like, especially in fantastical worlds, these people that um, really don't have any business uh, sticking their nose out in it. Um, you know, the fish out of water type of thing. Mm -hmm. the, the the idea that uh, I can be amazing too. Well, sure, but in a different way. Oh, <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> You get to be the heart of the team because you can't really fly, dude. Like you. Well, yeah, and that's that's why Barkley was so fun because he was just like, "I'll watch the ship. I'm cool. I, I don't need to go ashore with you and have adventures. I'm fine. I just got this boat." <laughs> well, for, for for anyone who uh, who hasn't been, uh, I guess, up to speed with all of this, uh, 
Travis has been running, has been running Pirates of Pugmire, has been running Aberrant uh, for a bunch of us on our on our Twitch channel, and that footage is likewise on our YouTube channel. So, if you're not watching this live and you are listening to it and you're not in a place to be able to watch us live, that's fine. These games are being recorded and uploaded to watch after the fact. Some of them may be edited in the future just to make runtime a little shorter, cut off pre-rolls, things like that. But uh, ultimately, the games that people are watching live will be viewable later on. That, that's the immediate plan. Yeah. And Travis, how, how do you think this Twitch launch has been going? Because I think it took some people by surprise that we were just going, boom, out of the gate. We are going to do a week full of content. And it has really been a week full of yes. content since yeah. we... People are going to see me three times over the next two days. <laughs> yeah, it's been uh, it's been a bit of a whirlwind. Um, the cool thing about it is uh, it's been an opportunity to dive into some of the um, both internally with uh, Onyx Path, but also uh, externally with other people that are generating content um, that utilizes Onyx Path's games. It's been a really cool experience in terms of coordinating all those things and talking to a whole bunch of people, um, but it's also been a daunting and terrifying experience in terms of like, um, let's try to move this mountain range. And I, one of the things that I've done, I I get, I guess, credited with being a very very productive uh, person. I make a lot of stuff. Um, part of that's because I'm a workaholic who hides from his pain in my keyboard, but also part of that is because I set um aggressive deadlines for myself you know so when we started talking about doing this i looked at the calendar and i said we can hit affiliate by gen con um let's make yeah it was an optimistic target wasn't it (laughs) (laughs) but um all the math seems to lead to the fact that we will yeah yeah i think we will and it's, it's down to your bloody hard work quite frankly oh thank you i appreciate that well we we are doing this every single day, almost every single day. And when I say we, I mean you. You're the person who is here every single day doing something. So well, and and a huge credit to Ian because there's a lot of uh, behind the scenes work that Ian's doing, um, even on days that I'm not. So like over the weekend, we we basically just host uh, streams that other channels are generating, and mm-hmm. that's a hundred percent Ian. So thank you for doing that, Ian. Thank yeah, Ian, Ian and Matt McElroy are like our unsung behind the scenes heroes. Because <laughs> um, they do a lot. Like Ian does so much with our social media. He's been doing so much with the Twitch channel. Even before we started going to hit affiliate, like he was always the one. Like he would sign on to watch other people stream and interact with them and right. answer questions and all this stuff. And like it's it's not something that he actually had to do as far as the the, the Twitch stream part of it. Mm-hmm. But he was doing it to generate interest and like I mean, he has his own personal interest in things like Bloodlines, which is why he would pop into a lot of, like, VPN Bloodline streams. Right. But then he'd pop into people playing our games and just be like, hey, I'm here to answer questions, because I work for, because I, because I am the Onyx Path, that's my, it's right. like, you ever see anybody talking as the Onyx Path in Twitch, that's, that's Ian Watson. So. Yeah, he, ju- he just popped up in the, uh, in the chat log with, with an evil um, emoticon. Well, I think it's evil. It looks... It's oh, a no, thumbs it's up. Just, it's just smiling. It's smiling and yeah. thumbs up, but it is, I don't however, know. called Blood Trail, if you hover over it. Well, <laughs> but, so, yeah, Evil sounds about right, then. Yeah, I think... <laughs> and and yeah. Ian's so, work so, so... in doing that um, laid the groundwork for us, because the biggest hurdle to get over um, 
when you go for affiliate is the number of followers you have. And so Ian already being active on the channel really made it just a matter of math for me. And one of the things that um, is interesting in launching this channel, um, just in terms of like in the context of the other work I'm doing with Onyx Path. Um, so I'm all the scarred land stuff I'm working on. There was a huge burst of behind the scenes activity um, as we were figuring out kind of where scarred lands is going for the next two years or so. And all of that came to a sp specific point that I'm not used to necessarily as a creator, which is the point where I send that the, the fruits of those labors off to writers and then I wait. <laughs> and I don't, I don't wait good. So, <laughs> so having this project pop up kind of, I mean, I think if I remember correctly, I emailed the stuff for the contracts for the writers to get filled out like the day before the Twitch channel launched. Mm -hmm. So it was really just like right from one thing into another. The timing worked out great. I had a lull between, uh, you know, then and Gen Con because everybody else in the business is, is running around like chickens with their heads cut off getting ready for Gen Con. Um, and I lucked out, I guess lucked out in a way in that when I go to Gen Con this year, I don't have any of my own product. I'm there to sell. I'm like riding a friend's booth, basically shaking babies and kissing hands and going to panels. So I don't you have shake to. Babies. <laughs> you should not. That's not I, we as the Onyx podcast do not advocate the shaking of infants. That's not a thing you should do. <laughs> By all means, throw yourself into work as a coping mechanism and burn out, but please don't shake them. <laughs> But we imagine, have um, yeah, <laughs> imagine the court case. Oh. This is the I, I heard it from three good authorities, so, and, and I guessed they all advocated it. No, do not do not shake infants. I'm just gonna yeah, never take anything I say ever as advocating any behavior because that's a good way to end up in jail. Um, uh, well, on that subject, uh, <laughs> jail. <not> jail. <laughs> yes, uh, you're nicked, mate. Uh, you're. Your work on Scarred Lands recently has been pretty damn prolific, and so not everyone is familiar with the Scarred Lands campaign setting, uh, whereas you most definitely are. So let's hear your elevator pitch for Scarred Lands. How do you sell it to, to players and prospective customers? Um, take Greek mythology, squeeze it through Heavy Metal Magazine, and uh, slap D and D into the mix. You know, stir it and chase it with a shot of whiskey. That's Scarlet. Um, that, that, that's that's quite nice actually. I've been editing yeah. it all wrong. I didn't have to shots of whiskey afterwards. You should start. <laughs> um, is very important. No, one of the things that I love about it, and this is something that um, Matt McElroy and I have talked about quite a bit, uh, just because he's also it, loves the setting, um, is that. It's like, it's kind of like you lived in like, say the Forgotten Realms or some, you know, high fantasy setting, right? And then gods and titans showed up on your stoop and started fighting. And there's like body parts and remnants of that fight laying around. There's entire geographical features that changed on the, the surface of the planet 
because somebody, you know, dug their axe through the ground while they were swinging at somebody else. And that's the world you live in now. You know, like, sorry I was late to work. There were, you know, Titan spawn were running through the village. Um, and I had to wait. It's like, there's this video on YouTube that I think of when I think of Scarredlands. And this is going to seem like a weird connection until you stop and think about it. There's a video on YouTube of a guy that lived in uh, Australia. And he was calling in to work. Because he, he, he said he was going to be late because there were kangaroos fighting on his car. <laughs> and he's on like a landline and like holding his video phone up. And there's two kangaroos just boxing, leaning up against the side of his car. To me, that's scarred lands. <laughs> that's a full box. <laughs> God, that's like two kangaroos fighting in your car. It really is. His leg. <laughs> uh, it really can, is. Yeah, can, can we please, like, if we do a, a, a second printing, just put that real big across the <laughs> cover of the book? <laughs> you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm for it. Uh, Dixie's been copied in on this. I've been sending art notes to Mike Cheney recently for uh, one of the vampire books I'm developing. And uh, sometimes it's really difficult to come up with interesting ways to describe a feeding scene. <laughs> Because we've all seen it over and over again, but you do need to depict it because it's a game about vampires. It's not like and now, going. yeah, now I'm thinking about those kangaroos fighting, and that's <laughs> quite inspiring. I can imagine that being depicted in a role-playing game, but I'm not sure which. Oh, Does I mean, the that... Agent Chronicle have an Australia chapter? Can't can't. can't it's got like, a New Zealand dead, chapter, but like, I think dead, gross, like body horror, werewolves are forsaken kangaroos, like. Ooh, yeah, go that way, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Where kangaroos? They came from. They could be thirty feet tall, mutated kangaroos that were fighting. Yeah, they, they came from down under. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm for it, but no, it, it's it's uh, to me it's it's that it's that level of of madness happening. But then one of the things that I'm focusing on, and this is all this is another place where it's weird because. Uh, I'm not 100% sure like what we can and cannot talk about publicly as, as developers. I try to always defer to the wisdom of those who are uh, of a higher pay grade than me. But having said that, I feel confident in saying that with the two uh, Scarred Lands projects that have been announced, the Vigil Watch and, uh, and um, uh, Yugman's Guide to Yelspad, we're trying to focus more on like what people, what the people of Scarn deal with on a daily basis what life is like there there's a mm. whole lot of material from third edition there were like 40 books i think that were uh that were put out for third edition that have this deep rich lore for the setting that you can do a deep deep dive into what we want to do is give you uh kind of a surface view of what it's like to inhabit those characters that are between levels one and ten mm -hmm. uh, which is where most campaigns happen um and that that's different. You're probably not gonna roll roll up and go toe to toe with, um, you know, the highest priest of a god, or like a god's avatar at level ten. You know. You okay, Dixie? The cat just scared the crap out of me. <laughs> and everybody got to see it. <laughs> Anything can happen on the Onyx Pathcast. Like he just Stay jumped tuned. out of a box and was. Just, I didn't even know he was down here. <laughs> is it bebop no it's apollo oh wow <laughs> i just 
Eh, oh god, I was very startled. I'm really glad I don't like yell when I'm startled. I just <laughs> tense up. Come here, buddy. So be a good only, uh, um, to expand a little on Scarred Land subject, you've been quite heavily involved, I believe, in this uh, large adventure path for Scarred Lands that's currently going on on the Slorician Vault. Yes, Vengeance of the Shunned, or um, how to confuse news outlets and players at the same time. <laughs> All right, so, so, so let, explain a little about that, and allow, then explain a little about Vengeance of the Shunned. Uh, allow me to set the record straight on how all this works. So, um, I was working Gamehole Con last year, I believe, um, and I was running some demos for Onyx Path, and I was hanging out at the booth, and um, I every time I would speak to Matt McElroy, I would say, what do you need? You know what can I what can I do for you? What can I do for Onyx Path? What can I do for you? And he would say, you know, "Bring me coffee." Right. He would say, "Bring yeah. me coffee." <laughs> Bring me coffee and get out of my face, kid. You get getting on my nerves. No, he would say, "Um, we we started talking about how it would be very cool to see this um, this uh, community content program generate something that was like multiple creators working together to create kind of like a campaign." Um, that was interconnected adventures and I took that idea and ran with it um, and so I reached out to a whole bunch of people I knew that uh, had done quality work on the DMs Guild that have their own followers in the DMs Guild um, and said hey let's I got this idea um, very simple very simple idea um, but let's all tack what we want to tack on top of it so I wrote the first adventure the last adventure and the um, and the basic plot of it, and then just had other creators do the interim stuff. This is all community content. This was all before I worked on the spell cards, if I'm not mistaken, which was the first Scarred Lands project I worked on, like for Onyx Path. This was all done under the uh, the Slurishian Vault, which is their community content program for for Scarred Lands. Um, and in the interim, while we were planning this out, because it was you know, 20 creators working together to, to make, I think, including side quests, there's 18 adventures. And then we've got, um, like, a creature book that's that focuses on the creatures we've created and included in the campaign. There's a gazetteer we're doing that covers the locations we touch on. And there's a planar index that basically just gives a real brief blurb about the planes that we interact with in the campaign and how those might affect your character if you visit them in 5e. Um, so it's 21 books, I think. I, I might be wrong on those numbers, but it's close to it. Uh, it's 20 or 21 books. That's um, so many. That's it's so a many. lot. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of stuff. And so um, I was going somewhere with, with that. Oh, right. So I'm coordinating all that stuff. It took a long time. You know, we, we started concepting this. Um, I started actually talking to people that weren't Matt McElroy about it um, probably last December. Mm-hmm. So we've been at it for a while. And now now it's coming to the forefront. But in the interim, I have become the line developer for Scarred Lands. Mm-hmm. So like Blood Sea 5e is an Onyx Path official release that I developed that Celeste Conowich wrote for Scarred Lands, but we also have this Vengeance of the Shun thing coming out. And so, um, again, Eddie can uh, throw spitballs at me if I'm uh, telling too many stories out of school here. But the way we're kind of seeing it is, you know, 
we want the community content to feel as close to being part of the setting as we can. We want it to feel welcomed and opening, and we want people to come in here, uh, kick tires, you know, drive the setting around, make cool content, and we'd like it to be attached as much as possible to what we're doing on the official end. You know what I'm saying? We'd like people to have that focus. We'd like we'd like it to feel like more like a tier of content creation than it is this separate thing, this this uh, this you know dirty area where we let the children play. You know what I mean? We want it to be. <laughs> you know, we want it to be a place where we're recruiting people up. And I think you'll see as the writers are talking about um, signing on for uh, Vigil Watch and for Yugman's Guide to Gelsbad, you're gonna see some writers who have stuff up on the Solaration Vault because that's where we're looking for, you know, for Scarlands creators. Yeah, I know some people have, have kind of compared uh, community content to, to the so-called like minor leagues, and I don't think it's necessarily fair. Um, I can see why they make the analogy. It's like you know you start making content here, then eventually you get hired up. But like you're pointing out, you're still working in both spaces. Um, so it's not like you stop working in this one space because you're now working in a quote-unquote official space now. Um, it, it's rather a stretch to two different niches. I mean, you know, when you're working on the official side, it's work for hire, and you're working at the directive of people like me and uh, rich and saying, hey, we need you to make X, Y, and Z. Whereas in community content, it's basically make anything you want to as long as it fits within this box. Right. Um, so it's two very different areas that, that they can feel connected, like you're saying, but you know, it's I, I increasingly have the opinion that there should not be a value placed on one over the other just because one is published by a company and one's published by an individual. Mm-hmm. I agree completely. And the other thing that um, I just want to get out into the universe before I forget to say it there are some people that um, just work better in a community content space. Sure. They, they work better when they have these broad bumpers they, that they need to uh, adhere to. But otherwise, they get to be the, the captain of their ship. Mm-hmm. I, I get that impulse, and there are people that are just better that way. That yeah. maybe, maybe shouldn't be seeking work for hire because that's not – they don't like the flexibility. You know, when you, when you go – once you're in the thing and, and, and you got to run a pitch to, to Rich and you got to, you know, <laughs> uh, you have three or four different hands in the pie, you got to be good at saying, oh, I like that idea too. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas with community content, you do get to be a little bit more productive of, of your babies. And that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Right. Just, you know, um, some people thrive in that environment and some people thrive in the other. And that's absolutely totally cool. Yep. It's uh, incredibly beneficial to the game lines involved, and not just the Slurisian Vault, but uh, uh, Canis Minor as well, of course, for Pugmire, Monarchy's Mao. The volume of content with something like Vengeance of the Shunned, it adds credibility to my mind. This is, this is down to my perception, and I assume that because I see it this way, I assume that some other people do as well that if a game has a lot of content available, uh, that means there's going to be people who are first accessing the game and find, ooh, okay, there's lots of options here. There's lots of books, and I don't just have to go down the regular channels to get it. These ones, I only have to spend $1.99 or, or $3 or $5 to get a supplement. If I want a starter adventure and there isn't an official one out yet, there might be one available on the community content. And as you say, the fact that a lot of these writers uh, will work on both 
uh, can well it leads to a fantastic crossing of talent and it's a brilliant recruiting ground for for us at onyx path to to find uh, find all kinds of writers something we harp on about a fair amount on the pathcast that it's a it's a damn good way to hone your craft and get yourself noticed if you do a lot of community content and it's well received then you've done half the job of networking in a way because you can say look here is my body of work mm -hmm. well, and one of the things too that um because coming from uh some of the community uh there's like a facebook group for example where a bunch of dms guild creators get together and talk and one of the things i guess that i would like to stress just in terms of uh Onyx Pass community content is uh, it's much easier right now to be seen and recognized and become a big fish in a comparatively small pond. If you look at the numbers, because these are new community content programs um, of game lines that are not Dungeons and Dragons, you know, <laughs> if you look at the numbers there, you're not dealing with, it's not even about competition, it's about just signal to noise ratio you know what i mean you put up something right. for canis minor and it looks cool it's gonna get spotted it's gonna get spotted by eddie the guy who makes the decisions for pugmire <laughs> you know yeah. in the video game space uh, it's called discoverability right. um it, it's you know if you try to put your game up on steam it's gonna sink almost immediately right um but you know if you're able to uh because this is a smaller marketplace for lack of a better term um you know you're right quality will be more visible will show up more frequently because it's just not as much churn right whereas the chances of say you know pulling a name out of my tailpipe chris perkins noticing what you put up on dungeon masters guild pretty small right you know <laughs> by virtue of it just showing up there you know exactly. what i mean there are other factors that can come into play but um you know, I tell you what, as the Scarred Lands line developer, and before being the Scarred Lands line developer, I multiple times a week will go look at the Solution Vault to see what's new. Mm -hmm. You know, just because I'm a fan of the setting, let alone, you know. <laughs> so, but tracking everything that's new on the Dungeon Masters Guild is uh, exercise and futility. Right. There's just so much. So much. And, and so much of it's just um you know this is a class i thought was neat in a word doc have fun which is fine and great and i don't want to discourage anybody from doing that kind of content you do you boo. but um that's not that doesn't scream like oh this guy needs to get hired tomorrow right yeah all that um sense. moving on from scarred lands unless any of my co-hosts have any other questions about it nope um, I was actually wondering if the Vigil Watch setting it, or the, the book is going to tie into the Vigilant novels at all that we're doing. Um, no, and in fact, uh, I actually was just talking last night with uh, Sarah, the the author on Vigilant. Yeah, Sarah so, and Fran are great. I love them. They are amazing people, and uh, boy, how do they know Scout Scarlands lore? Yeah, they um, do. <laughs> <laughs> but so they're occupying uh, geographically. They're occupying sort of a central point around which all of the vigil watch will be taking place. Okay. So we're kind of surrounding them. They're covering that section and uh, the vigil watch is because um, one of the, I guess, mission statements for it is to uh, dial in and um, 
elevate some of the areas of Gelsbad that have so far not been horrendously well detailed. Okay, so I mean they'll 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 be complementary on some level. But... Right, right. Yeah. It'll be more like a more like a companion piece because the areas where they're setting their novels are well documented in the lore, <laughs> are well developed. If you want to run a, a campaign in in Vesh, you have resources all day long. Um, okay. If you want to run a campaign that focuses on, for example, um, you know the Manticora homeland that they're sort of building out of nothingness that's a, basically a new 5e development not a whole lot of material to draw from right so okay, that's, cool. that's kind of what we're trying to do is is bring these other areas up to that level yeah i was just a big fan of the novel when i edited it so i was curious since you mentioned visual watch i was like those novels are cool but yeah, it'd have... be cool to have all the you know updates around everything else too since they're doing such a good job of fleshing out that area in the fiction so yeah right being able to sort of and and that way having everything have a complementary piece of lore you can grab from and then you know they've got a couple i know they've got a couple of other novels planned so we'll see how that all shakes out you know maybe maybe they can start running around in the areas that we're detailing in game very cool uh, uh, i was going to ask about this uh, online caper that we have embarked upon and uh, you are uh, leading right now travis um what if in case anyone is unaware what the plans are for this twitch channel what your thoughts are what you would like to see and what is uh, coming up in the short term as well so the hope is um we've got tomorrow like tonight and tomorrow we're still in our sort of launch party right um there's a couple more things we're going to handle it, I know I'm going to talk to Dixie about, uh, do a Q&A with Dixie about uh, Exalted and Chronicles of Darkness. we got to get a time figured out for that for tomorrow. And then tomorrow we're running the Aberrant game, which the Kickstarter will be just wrapped up on. So mm -hmm. I would recommend everybody who's watching this to go back to Kickstarter so we can have an extra special victory party at our, uh, at our last Aberrant collateral damage stream. Um, then we're going to probably... Uh, be dark during um gen con yes yeah. everybody's at gen con uh i had an idea i talked with dixie Maybe. about but we might we'll, be dark during gen con we'll see what's up uh that there might follow the channel so that if there's surprises you'll see them um but uh once that's done and we get back from the con and all the dust settles uh, our aim is to have some sort of content uh, every day. That's what we'd like to wrap, ramp up to is have actual play content every day. Um, whether it be an internally generated stream, there's three streams that I know of for sure we will be launching. Uh, there's a Scarredlands stream that I don't have a name for yet. Um, I'm waiting. I'll probably be getting the details of that finalized at Gen Con. You put so, blood and dark in the title that makes it Eddie's right, favorite. There you go. <laughs> blood, Eddie. Uh, it'll be it'll be the night of feral blood darkness. That's what we're gonna call it. <laughs> no, no, the, not, the, the night of feral blood in darkness shadows or shadowy dark. <laughs> um, there's uh, paws and claws pugmire, which um, Jessica Markram is going to be uh, the the uh, guide for. And uh, Catherine Evans is going to be running Athens, Ohio for Scion. 
and those will be regular weekly two-hour streams. Our goal for our internally generated streams is to make uh, make them appear weekly, make them two hours long, something that's digestible, gives you a look at the setting, a look at the gameplay, and a chance to get to know the characters, but without it, you having to commit to like some, you know, epic. I gotta sit for six hours to listen to this putt. No, that's that's a little much. Um, and then once we get the actual play schedule kind of hammered down and working and figured out, uh, I, I wouldn't. I would love to do more uh, Q and A type stuff. Focus in on as we're doing a Kickstarter. You know, bring on the people that we're talking that that are working on that. Uh, things along those lines. Having just more chances for the audience to interact directly with people uh, at Onyx Path so that we can have uh, just one more one more outlet for, for feedback and for communication. Um, and then obviously as we get these streams ramped up, as we approach par uh, affiliate and partner status, start doing things like, you know, some giveaways during the streams for folk, um, doing some things to just uh, coming up with some cool emotes. I know a lot of people have wanted Pugmire emotes for their chat stream. Uh, getting unlocking affiliate and then working our way toward partner will help with stuff like that. Uh, and I'm sure each game, you know, that we have enough game lines that coming up with a couple of cool emotes for each one, we will always be hungry for more emote spaces. I've already got <laughs> so many of those emotes in like the various slacks and everything. Yeah, we it's... definitely like import some of them <laughs> at some point. Yeah. Um... Oh, I've, got, I've got a question for you, Travis, uh, regarding all this online gaming. Do you ever get to do face-to-face -face gaming these days, or is most of your uh, gaming over the internet? Until very recently, I had a Tuesday night um, game that it was just me and a bunch of my you know, artsy buddies would sit around and play uh, Dungeons & Dragons. Um, and every once in a while, I would um, co-opt them. I believe uh, Eddie and Dixie probably heard the uh, play test I did. I, I, I pressed them into service when we were doing Pirates of Pugmire because I was working on the ship combat rules. Mm -hmm. uh, right. And those were people from my Tuesday night game. Um, that has fallen by the wayside kind of for the summer. We may resolve in... Because one of, one of the players is a wedding photographer. So all he does from, you know... May till September is go to people's weddings and eat their cake and yeah make all his money for the year. So hopefully in September we'll resume that. And then I have a couple of like once a month I get together with some friends type stuff. But yeah, I do get to play face to face every now and again. I don't get to play ever, but you know what GM does really. Yes, it's the, it's the curse of our of our people, Travis. It is. It's true, and it's and it's a it's a hard sell when you work in the industry. It's a hard sell to get somebody else at the table to take over the 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 GM screen. You know I mean? Oh, definitely. Uh, people <laughs> people tend to be intimidated about running vampire for me now. Uh, I I had a uh, storyteller. I didn't have them do this. I didn't command them to. But there was a storyteller who started running a Vampire Chronicle with me in as a player. And by the end of the first session, and I swear I was on my best behavior. I was playing <laughs> I was playing a fledgling who knew nothing about Kindred Society. And so I acted like I didn't know anything about it. But he felt that I was just judging 
everything that he was doing that I, that I knew the rules best, that I knew the setting best, and so that everything that he was doing was a misstep. And I can completely understand why he might think that because uh, anyone who's prone to feeling intimidated about these kinds of things may well do, and there's certainly some people who aren't going to be polite about the amount of knowledge they have. But yeah, it uh, has made that kind of experience has made finding games quite difficult. Not not always though. Currently, Clara is running V5 for me for Red Moon role playing, so that is a a brand new experience. That's part of where you having the YouTube channel works against you because when like uh, me and Neil and Megan went and played some Scion stuff at Midwinter last year and just didn't tell people who we were. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Like. Neil and Megan are pretty inconspicuous. I personally had like a wig on. I didn't wear my glasses, like some other stuff. So <laughs> people just know me as like the green hair and the cat eye glasses. I wasn't that. Right. So, like we're in there playing this like, you know, Scion LARP, just all incognito because we don't want them to know that <laughs> we all work on it. Right. That's that's smart. You know, if, if you can if you can swing it, it's smart. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I I tend to like when I go into a player space when I'm when I'm there to play I tend to focus on characters much like the NPCs I run they're these sort of uh, you know sheepish or fish out of water types that you know I I like to find a weird character thing that maybe doesn't even make freaking sense uh, in the context of the setting but I just happen to fall into here and play those moments because I'm a fan of like awkwardness and weirdness and and um, I'm not ashamed to get like to be the first guy dead in a fight, <laughs> you know. Let's get him, guys! Up, you know, <laughs> that's fine. Um, but I think people do feel that like because I also like crafting story and do- telling epics and and building things. You know, I think people have seen those kinds of games that I run. Because um, not everything is silly, though. Everything does have some silly in it. Um, I'm a big fan of if you can't inject a little bit of levity into your horror you're not doing horror right Mm -hmm. you have to have that give and take there has to be that rhythm yeah i was going somewhere with all that forgot what it was i'm not that when i'm a player necessarily sometimes when i'm a player i'm just there to you know have fun and well the rules are whatever you tell me they are you're the one that's in charge yeah you I know. also find that I play differently <laughs> if it's like a convention playtest type game versus a, a long campaign. Sure. Because, um, you know, in, in a one shot, especially in a playtest, you're more likely to take risks. You're more likely to, you know, fail on purpose if you're doing like a Chronicles game. You know, there's a lot of things that you're more likely to do because you're trying to see if the game breaks. Right. Um, and also because if it's a one shot, who cares if you die? Like, right. you only play for four hours. You might as well like go out with a bang. Um, but if you're playing for a year, I tend to play more cautious characters and you know try to actually do things the best way <laughs> actually yeah. you know flex the, the problem solving muscles things like that yeah yeah like i mean our last aberrant game is tomorrow night for this like little kind of two shot we're doing and uh i'm, I'm sure one of us will die <laughs> possibly more than one of us it's okay it happens so something terrible is gonna happen as long as you push somebody <laughs> off a building that's all i care about oh my god can i I'm sure. I'm sure an opportunity will present itself. Yeah, I'm seeing a recurring theme now with these players. You need to watch out, Travis. If you get Eddie and Dixie in a game together, they will just murder your NPCs. I've, I've I noticed. I saw that. You said um. he was fine. <laughs> <laughs> you said he went to live in a farm upstate. You with said the other NPCs. 
I don't know. Yeah. They seem to dive right in when we were running the Aberrant game. They all seem to dive right into this. Uh, we need to preserve life at the expense of talking to the NPC we're here to see. Um... <laughs> he got exploded into salsa. It's one of my favorite comedic things. I don't know why it is, but like off-screen grabs and things happening just in the periphery to me are hilarious. I don't like if you can if you you can dial right into like the 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 trope the the cliche you have a, a shepherd's hook come off the side of the screen and pull an oh, npc right. yeah, out like... i am on board i don't care if it's the most serious vampire game you know the the torridor archon is here and like you just see whoop, whoop. <laughs> I, I die i don't know what it is that to me it's the funniest thing funniest visual imaginable because your um, sense of comedy stopped evolving in 1917. Because, <laughs> I, probably, yeah. I I, I think it's because I like, was. You're like, man, I missed the Zigfield Follies days. The classics are classic for a reason. You know, dropping an anvil on somebody's never not funny. Um, <laughs> kill anyone that happens to. Or, or grand piano. Grand anvil, piano. Grand piano. Grand piano is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I um I I that uh talk of what playing one shots and it feeling different. Mm. I don't know what I think it is just age crustiness that uh leads You're younger me... than all of us. I know. <laughs> uh, You're the youngest. Ju- just think about what I'm saying about all of you. But He's British. They yeah. age like five years for every one of our years. Yeah, we're like a. <laughs> We're like a fine wine or cheese, and not not an American cheese, obviously. American cheese, it's pasteurized food product. Exactly, it doesn't mature. That's for sure. It stays perfectly plastic. Anyway, it melts really well, though. Story anyway, a nine souls against the American cheese. I find now it doesn't matter how good a game is at a convention, and I, I do love playing convention games because it's just a chance for me to completely disengage. I also, I really enjoy being killed off in those games, and I don't need to wait until the end. And in fact, sometimes I really, really love it if I can die about halfway through, because. If you die at the halfway point, you're not really obligated to stick around for the next two hours. Right. Whereas if you die with one hour left, it's a four-hour session, so you die three hours, <laughs> and you've got to kind of sit there then and watch everyone else play. But if you die at the two-hour mark, you can then sit in the bar by yourself with a book and a drink, and that is that's wonderful to me, being able to do that at a convention. I don't go there to see people. I don't think this is an old person thing. I think this is an antisocial behavior right, right. thing. Like, but, why do you sign up for the games if you don't want to play them? Because I enjoy playing them. I, it's like a taster menu. You know, I, right. if I go to a restaurant, I like a taster menu. I don't go for f- three full courses. Uh, so, yeah, the same, same thing with, with the one shot. I'll swoop in, I'll dive in, I'll say, I'll roll some dice and say, hey, I was here. And. <laughs> You can find me at the bar. No, that's not always, <laughs> but I can. Uh... <laughs> but no, that, that is something I have found myself enjoying increasingly. It's fun. It is. Uh, <laughs> it, it is. It is fun. No, I I, uh, I enjoy very much uh, diving onto swords, particularly if there's a good laugh in it or a good dramatic beat in it. You know, um, sometimes the I know it's tropey in in some in some contexts even like toxic but 
being the guy who dies so that the rest of the party goes on is often fun in one of those too. Yeah. Mm. Who, they, who doesn't love remember. a good blaze of glory self-sacrifice right like, like get them for me now if you do that and then they all also die you're just like damn it right Fuckers. Like, or they're just like oh that was dumb <laughs> like, well I, he I was, was an idiot with, we should go get pizza you know <laughs> yeah, I, I was left with a real reticent to put myself my characters in harm's way when i first started role-playing the first game in which i had a character die was deadlands and I wanted to go out in a blaze of glory, uh, appropriately. Sure. And Bon Jovi and all. Uh, yeah, exactly. And we were sneaking into some enemy encampment, and uh, we knew the the name of the person who was running the encampment, and we had to find a way of getting into his particular part of the barracks or something like that. And I had my character, a preacher stand out in front of the one of the watchtowers that was manned with someone with a gatling gun and i called out the antagonist's name i was trying to draw him out and challenge him to a duel or something like that um, call out his honor and the gm quite rightly i guess just had me peppered with bullets from the guy up in the watchtower because <laughs> this person's intruding on our encampment. Right. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I thought, and I thought, well, the other players, while this was going on, I said to them, our character, you know, take advantage of this, you know, use my death as a distraction. They didn't, they just all stayed hiding. And afterwards, the GM <laughs> said to me, you're a real dick sometimes, Matthew. And I said, what, why? He said, you just killed off a perfectly good character like that. I said, well, you killed me. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I said, yeah, but there was no real way around it. There wasn't another way I could have played that. You were just asking to be murdered. And so after that, probably for another two years of role-playing, I just never put my character in harm's way because I was, I was afraid of doing something stupid. So Aww. there's a lesson to learn from that, GMs. See, see, I, I, I grew up kind of in the opposite because um, I've talked before. I've played a lot of Cyberpunk 2020 back in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, and that was a game that aggressively encouraged you to kill characters, not in a, a cheating way. Um, but it was the if your character does something dumb, you deserve consequences. Right. One, uh, You're going to die. <laughs> one example in the game I played, it was not my character, somebody else's character. Um, he invested a lot of money in armor all for his body but did not want to have a helmet because it would hide his face and he was very very pure man um and so the first time he got a shotgun to the back of the head he decided that maybe he should have bought armor for the whole body um so i mean it was it was definitely a kind of oh well we have to be very careful one and i think that actually caused the opposite where it's like you were so reluctant to put something once you carefully thought about exactly what the move you were going to make we almost ended up being paralyzed at times um, so, so I, I think it does kind of go both ways. Sometimes the having the ability to say, you know what, let's just make a mistake and see what happens, um, can be a ton of fun. But in the flip side, you're right. It's like um, it, it, it's if, if, if going out in places where it would be a lot of fun and that's what you want to do, just not no, don't discourage people from doing that. That's the tone that the game is shooting for, you know. For sure, yeah, and and you know, one of the things I know a lot of people. Um, kind of poo-poo the idea of cross-talking you know what i mean like we have to immerse we don't we, we don't want to really? break scene yeah i've been at a lot of tables where people kind of you know if you're speaking let's speak in character or let's at least speak about what's relevant to the character i personally have a i'm all for cross-talk but b um 
that's a good time to sit down with your player with the other players and go guys this is a opportunity you know i don't mind biting the bullet here mm-hmm. um you know and because the idea at the end of the day all this is is we're all sitting around trying to have a good time mm-hmm. uh, you know what i mean trying to we're sitting around the campfire telling a story trying to pretend that all the horrors that are actually in the dark around us aren't there for a few hours you know what i mean and we're dealing with with monsters we can face right you know because the world's a cold, horrible, fucked up place. <laughs> well, also, they're unknown. No, and... and we're done. Cut the scene. <laughs> rather than rather than ending that, as we're on Twitch, we yeah. should probably look at the comments in the chat room, see whether anyone has any questions. And you may have questions for Travis. You may have questions for all of us. I think we can dedicate like five or ten minutes to these kinds of things. I've so... answered a couple in the chat already because I'm a bad person. And one person that makes you uh, a great person. Uh, one person got on me. Uh, Night Trace got on me. No, it was Night Trace. Someone got on me for wearing my Champa T-shirt. And Champa is the best. I don't care what anybody says. It was better when he didn't have theme music and it was just booze right? that chanted him down to the ring. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, like I know. Like a wrestling know. reference done. Yes. yes, yes. <laughs> it was done very late into the into the session though. So. Oh, Dixie, did you tell um did you tell your co-hosts about my theory that you're going to sneak me at Gen Con or Midwinter or Sumcon? Oh yeah, he thinks I'm going to hit him with a chair. I'm pretty sure. At it's, some point. There's just gonna. I'm just gonna be on a panel talking about Scarlands, and then here comes Dixie off the top rope with a chair, just bang. Ah, <laughs> uh, so that'll be like the. Um, it's like, almost like an initiation. Right. Welcome to the club. We've Here's a concussion. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Is that how you get into this gang? Because I, I didn't sign up for that. <laughs> you should have read your contract a lot closer. Yeah, you, you really should have read that NDA. We. <laughs> <laughs> We reserve the right to, to do that at any time. Actually, one of the, because uh, of all the like terms and conditions stuff that's been floating around recently with like FaceApp, mm-hmm. one of the podcasts I listen to, since they have their guests sign a waiver because uh, their audience, their like live audience can come on stage sometimes and play games, okay. they had them all sign a waiver and they altered the waiver. So it gave them full rights to like their entire life and their mom and like all kinds <laughs> of weird shit. And they had the right to like, punch them in the face and like all these like terrible things and of, of, of course it was just to make the point that like people right. don't read waivers right um but then they're like we're we're, we're gonna destroy them it's fine don't don't worry but like technically we have the rights to your entire life right now yeah and also you all have to buy us pizza like exactly. i ever have pizza at a convention that isn't a question that the audience asked however are there any uh, all i'm seeing right now in the comments to my right uh lots of quotes from jim ross famous wwe <laughs> commentator saying dixie off the top row by god she broke him in half he's he's from oklahoma by the way dixie yes um by god dixie with the chair, chair. dixie 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 <laughs> i do have <laughs> a chair, chair right here holding chair. Pretty but, worse, it, actually. but it would probably yeah. still hurt that'd be, uh, that'd be perfect yeah. <laughs> My $10 Ikea chair. I'm going to whack you with. Well, I don't think uh, the WWE invests much more than $10 per chair, given that they break them. Oh, so yeah, I'm sure it's, it's probably exactly... They may well stock them from Ikea. Who knows? <laughs> it's a trade uh, secret. Nobody will ever pry that from Vince McMahon's... Uh, they buy them thing. at Chairs R Us, I understand. So... Oh, do we have any questions? Any Nobody questions cares. at all? No one cares. Okay. Well, yeah. thank you very much, no one everyone. No wants to know anything about us. 
no no one wants to know anything about us or you travis <laughs> i'm i'm far too much of an open book for people to ask questions during chats normally i think is, is what it boils down to They're like well, he's we talked enough we don't want any more uh <laughs> he's, gonna make us, he's, he's gonna make us fucking sad again no um, <laughs> All right, then. So with all that said and notwithstanding, Travis, if someone wants to find out what you're up to uh, creativity-wise, production-wise, or just on social media, where would they look for you? Uh, I am at Travis Leg, basically everywhere. So uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, I don't use a whole lot because I have uh, horrible body dysmorphia. Um, so I don't post a whole lot of pictures. Mostly it's my cat. Um, that I post Add Instagram to the best Instagrams. Don't yes, let anybody tell you otherwise. It's my cat and like screenshots of the cover of whatever book just came out that I worked on. That's my entire Instagram jam. Um, so yeah, Twitter and Facebook are probably the best ways to get a hold of me. I'm at uh, I'm Plastic Age Plays on Twitch when I'm not here on the Onyx Path channel. Um, and I will actually be running my Scarred Lands game this afternoon at uh 3:30 eastern um we run for about an hour and a half skylands myths and matchmakers we're actually going to be doing something uh special for the next month or so uh one of our cast regulars is on holiday as one does in europe i'm very jealous of the european ideas about days off because we don't yep. do that yeah. here um but while she's gone we're gonna uh, drop some level one characters and we're going to run through some of the Vengeance of the Shunned campaign. So we're going to run through the first few uh, episodes of that while she's gone. And that will be hosted, I believe, here on the Onyx Path channel as well. Um, Super. So real easy to find. Um, other than that, I will be at Gen Con in Authors Avenue at Table R, which is the Third World Studios table. If I'm not there, I will be at an Onyx Path panel or at a DMs Guild panel. Um, so come by, say hi. I am a fan of hugs. Um Let's do that. Let's talk about how metal and awesome Scarred Lands is. Uh, you can come tell me how silly this uh, everything that I do is. <laughs> We're going to keep calling it Scarred Lands metal. We should make the font a lot less readable. We should. It should just like, what we should do is we should print it on a coffee mug and then smack the coffee mug into a wall and then take Pretty a much. picture of it. <laughs> Um, do you know? Do you remember those? I don't know if they do them so much these days. Those old birthday cards you'd open up, and it'd have some awful impersonator doing an impression of Homer Simpson or something like that, or it would just be a sound effect. Yeah. We need Scarred Lands when it opens to go bow. Yes. Yes. What the? What the? Yeah. Okay. Uh... Get it, what we should do is we should get away if there's a YouTube video of like 27 minutes of Paul Stanley's stage banter. And it's the most awkward, horrible thing on earth to witness. And we should have that open when you open the screen. <laughs> hey, people! Yeah, let's see if we can get Paul Stanley to guest write a Scarred Lands book. Oh, my fall. God. He won't know what he's doing, but uh, I'm sure he'll take the money and do it. Uh, Eddie, Eddie, um, now I know you can't confirm when, but I'm going to ask you anyway because it was in the chat log. Um <laughs> Is Deviant the next cock star? Why would you ask Eddie that? First of all, it's my I line. I have no idea why he's asking me that. Uh, I just thought Eddie was immediately to my right. Uh, that, that's how I work. That's how I roll. 
Dixie, I would, okay. I would defer Dixie on the Kickstarter. <laughs> okay, Dixie, knowing you can't answer this. For people who can't see the chat, first of all, the word Kickstarter as Kickstarter, and now it's a whole thing. Yeah, and... well, I'm puerile enough to ask you, Dixie, is Deviant the next Kickstarter? It is definitely the next Kickstarter. I don't know what the next Kickstarter is going to be, because we don't talk about that until Rich announces it. But as far as Kickstarting goes, I don't think we say this so many times. It is one hell of a cock starter, and Dixie. <laughs> if, uh, if, if we spell cock like the first syllable of my last name, it could be. Oh, there we go. Cockerster. <laughs> it's a cockerster. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's and, not better. Uh, where, it's not better. Where would, where would people find you, Dixie? Uh, Dixie Cyanide, most places. Uh, it's, it's there. It, there. It's there ish on my little screen right now, which is cool. Um, I don't know, I like to be able to point at things. It's fun. But my video is reversed in the Zoom chat, so it's confusing. Uh, so I'm just like, ah, oh, what's happening? But uh, yeah, if I be Dick Cyanide most places, I'll be chatting with Travis at some point tomorrow here. And then I'll be playing in the last Aberrant game. You do only have about a day to go back Aberrant. We're at just under 115k last time I checked. So go, go, buy books, get us stretch goals. What about you, Eddie? Um, so, uh, I've recently consolidated all of my work stuff. Um, so now if you go to plugsteady.com, uh, that's where you can find all my work, social media, um, website stuff. Um, I'm moving my blog to medium and whatnot, but if you go to plugsteady.com, that's where you can definitely find me. Um, and one of the things I've added is a calendar. Um, so people come to the appearances. So I, I will be wandering aimlessly around Gen Con, not with Onyx Path, but with uh, extra credit. Um, he doesn't want to be seen with us anymore. It's true. I, I'm snubbing all of you. Um, oh, that and also, <laughs> they they paid my way. He like got a fancy haircut and decided that he wasn't <laughs> right. Too yeah, yes, yeah, it's true. I didn't even hear the less weird Al Eddie looks like, the more he uh, shuns Onyx Path. I think is what it was done. You need to come back to the folds to become weird Al. I've always thought you were more Charles the Second. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I can see first thing I would have heard. I can see that. Yeah, we're gonna have to start calling you the Merry Monarch. There we go. And so uh, you can find me on com. And also, I just wanted to say thank you very much to everyone who has really gushed with enthusiasm when it comes to Chicago by Night. Yes. The yeah. PDF for Chicago Night has gone, Chicago by Night has gone out to backers and is currently acquiring errata. By the time this uh, stream uh, goes onto Podbean, uh, that errata process may have closed. But Either way, the sheer amount of positive feedback about this book has been wonderful to read, and thank you so much for everyone who has uh, expressed their their love of the book. We love making it, and yeah, uh, I, I really couldn't be happier with the reception it's received this early on. So, with all that said, many worlds, one pathcast. Oh, hang on, we're still here. Oh, wow. but, dum, dum, dum. <laughs> That's it.